shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not, not lose. lose. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. MH. Yes, he's the DB of the show, and we are Black in Sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Here interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom, and uh, we're covering it all, laughing at it all, while providing the platform to be heard. So, you know, we do about this time. We have to welcome in another special guest. We're excited to have her, you know, new to Las Vegas by way of Baltimore. Uh, we're lucky to have her, and she'll be the first to tell you that she's going all in, okay? So we got the VP of brand marketing of our WNBA Las Vegas Aces. Please, please, please clap it up for DeAndre Duggins. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I so, appreciate the clap, <laughs> you gotta, I mean, if you're going to welcome, you got to bring them in, right? So um, how we always start the show is we start the show with a shoot your shot moment, right? So we get break the ice, get right in, and we want a story from you, a shoot your shot moment. So it could have been where, you know, you, you shot and it was all net or you, you fumbled the ball, <laughs> any kind of shoot your shot moment, but just something you want to share with the people. Go. Oh, man. Um, aside from my dating uh, shoot your shot um, stories, um, I don't know. I feel like I've shot my shot a couple of times in my career. It's how I got one of my jobs in New York, uh, kind of right out of grad school. I sent um, a blind email to um, one of the CEOs of the agency called SME Branding and um, just said, hey, I'm not sure if you're hiring, but here is my skill set. Here's what I'm looking for. I think I could be a, a good addition to your team. And he um, created a position for me. So we went from there. So that was probably the most successful shot that I've taken. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right. All good. So, DeAndre, where did your love for sports start? Um, man, um, I've been um, in love with sports for a long time since I was a little girl. Like, I mean, it started with my dad. Um, I watched games with my dad all the time. It was kind of my excuse to, to sit in his man cave with him. And he had like, you know, if you're going to be out here, you got to one, be quiet or know what you're talking about. So I quickly learned the game. And, you know, he, he was a big football fan. I mean, he was a fan of all sports, but, you know, he was a commander fan. We're from D.C. So that's, you know, true to my heart. So um, I had to sit there, learn, learn the game. So from there, uh, um, you know, I, I just stuck with it. He taught me how to play basketball. That was um, the game that I, you know, grew up playing. So he never let me win a game. Always shot rainbow shots. Um, still to this day, <laughs> he talks the most trash about how he can he can take me. So that's where I, I fell in love with uh, sports. I feel like that's like the brown sugar. What you call in love with hip hop? <laughs> right, let's go. Right. So you said commander. So you, you yeah, were, pretty easily too. Yeah, no, it's no, like no hesitation, no stutter, nothing. Right in there, like let's go. I got to get used to it. And I respect the process, right? Being in the industry and being in brand marketing, I understand like that, that um, arduous process that they went through. So I'm going to respect the name, even if I have my um, personal ideas and thoughts about it. It is what it is. And yeah, uh, it's the commanders. <laughs> some of the personal ideas i mean you know you don't have to go hard in the paint because like you said we'll get into your career later but like you know understanding what they're going through and being a brand marketer and stuff like that what are some of the things that you know that kind of through the process that you kind of maybe your antenna like went up a little bit 
I would say this. I don't envy what they had to go through. I mean, it's it's a it's a process. And I don't think in any answer, any team name that they would have come up with, I don't think they anyone would have been 100 percent happy with. So, I mean, they were in kind of a lose lose situation. I think they did the best they could with what they had. I know my personal take being from D.C., I don't necessarily connect with commanders. I don't really connect with a military field. I don't think anybody else from the city will tell you that we're a military city. That's just not what we identify with, to be quite honest. So, um, but I, I get it. Uh, again, I have my own personal feelings. Like I feel like they're t- they're leaning more toward Virginia, so just keep going to Virginia. But um, but I, they did the best they could with what they had. I mean, I know that it took you know fan focus groups, it took surveys, it took listening to what a whole lot of people, a whole lot of a lot of ideas, weighing a lot of different options from licensing to you know how to execute a good rollout and how it will work with your partners and kind of having you know looking ten years, twenty years down the line and seeing you know where the commanders fit with the um, with the team. So. My hat, my hat goes off to them. I know it was a a, um, a long process, so I'm gonna. I'll put my take my fan hat off, put my marketer hat on, and tell them good job. So I guess <laughs> a little bit into the fan hat. I, I know DC is. This is they're not new to this. I mean, the Wizards are now formally known as you know something else. But uh, uh, what what was it? Was there a team of choice? Was it a, was it the football team? Was it the basketball team? Like who who was the fandom? Who was your team? Literally not a football team. <laughs> I was all DC everything. I'm gonna be honest, all DC everything. And I, I worked with the Ravens. I just came from the Ravens to to the Aces, and the Ravens have a special place in my heart now too. And um, you know, I, when I started there, they asked me, you know, were you a Redskins fan? I was like, I was a little yeah. a little afraid <laughs> to answer. But the truth yeah. is, I was like, I, you know, I grew up there, so I didn't see many Ravens games on TV because they were playing at the same time. And you know, my dad was putting you know, watched it on the TV. So, um, but I respected, respected the organization. I learned a lot from them, a lot about them. And I mean, they're one of the best organizations in football. So um, I, I'm a, a dual fan. So Ravens, Washington, Commanders, whatever. Um, yeah, that's what, that's where it is now. But all DC, everything, the Wizards are going to win the East one day. I don't know when, oh, um, okay. you know. <laughs> One day is right. One day is yeah. Listen, I, mean, I watched the Mystics win a championship. I watched. Uh, I went to the World Series with the Nationals won the World Series. Team, it's, it's, it's coming, okay? District of Champions. One day. Wow. One day. District <laughs> of Champions. District of Champions. Hey, sounding like a true Knicks fan. <laughs> we'll see who gets there first. It, it, it'll probably be the the Washington team. No, My expectations aren't that high. Just I'm just you know. Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> Even though he put a bet out there. All right. So, yeah. So coming up in D.C., but you know, uh, you went to college at uh, NC State. So mm-hmm. how did you choose that as your school or your college of choice? Uh, there was not a lot of um, <laughs> it wasn't a very long, arduous process that went, went uh, along with that. I wanted to leave D.C. I grew up there. I wanted to get I wanted to get out of the city. I wanted That's to leave true. home um, like most 17 year olds want to do. Uh, a lot of great options in D.C., but I just wanted to go away and just, you know, grow up a bit and be away from family. Um, I chose I chose my colleges based on the basketball team and then also who gave me a scholarship. And NC State gave me the most money. I went um, I went to NC State on a pre-vet um, scholarship. So I, my major was animal science. Um, I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, after my second year there, I quickly realized that 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 was not what I wanted to do. And what I thought a veterinarian learned uh, in undergrad was totally different from what it actually was. So yeah, I, uh, I changed my major, um, you know, midway and the rest is history. So um, I loved NC State though. So 
I didn't want to leave the school, even though I was changing majors. It was um, it was a good fit for me. I, I love NC State. I love Raleigh. That's like my second home. And I, I mean, I have special relationships and friendships from that from that experience. That's awesome. And uh, they're doing uh, they're doing a little something in the tournament right now. So as you said, part of it was the, the basketball side of things. So I mean, <laughs> let's go, especially with women. The women are killing it right now. Women right? are killing. So, they the are killing it. Are killing it like they are killing it. Back and like you know, bringing home a title. So, uh, where are they at right now? Are they uh, they're in the uh, sweet 16? Sweet right? 16. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to not talk too much about them because I don't want to jinx them. So, right. I'm, I'm cheering them on. I mean, but I, I'm not trying to jinx them. So, I feel like I have that much superstition <laughs> in me. So, I'm not trying to jinx them. So, yes, go state, go pack, <laughs> and let's, yeah. <laughs> So, so for somebody that went to a, a ACC school, so a Power Five school, uh, and a fan of basketball, how how big is March Madness uh, as a as an alumni? Do you you take it seriously every year? I guess it just depends on the team. Um, but how much do you enjoy it that much from your perspective? I do, and I like the upsets, except for when my team is involved. But I like the upsets, just like anybody else. I mean. I don't think any, I don't know how anybody can't like March Madness. And of course, you know, you always have a chance being from a power five school, NC State men's team with our, good, our better years, probably, you know, are a little bit behind us, but the future is bright. Um, but we always have a, have a, um, a reason to cheer for, you know, when March Madness comes around. So, and it's always good to cheer against Duke and Carolina when I have a chance. So um, I'm petty like that. <laughs> There it is. Yeah, I, was, I was with you to till till Duke. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. It's you know. <laughs> Dude, I get it. The dang. Yeah, I'm sorry. So you know, like Hove said, you've been throwing the dynasty sign, right? So, question for you is: Did you cross when you were at NC State, or did you when you went to Georgia State? When did you cross and uh, become a um, historical black college sorority of the Deltas? <laughs> I crossed in undergrad, so I crossed in the new Omicron chapter of NC State University, Spring Did you say Omicron? New Omicron. Not to be confused with the Omicron variant. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want a clarification, you know, like my, my ears sometimes with having these headphones on all the time. But okay. Mu <laughs> Omicron. All right. Yes. So that's the years of my life. Love my chapter, love my sorority. Um like I said, lifelong friendships, lifelong relationships. So, so what did the sorority life do for you in, in school as a student? Um, what was the benefits of it crossing them versus you know crossing the alumni down the road? Um, I don't think I I really wanted to cross. I didn't. First of all, I didn't know it was an option to cross alumni alumni chapter. Um, my my only before I went to college, like my only perception of uh, Greek life was you know. A different world. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know much about. Yeah, I didn't know much about Greek life until I got to NC State. And um, well, actually, that's not true. So my, my high school, my favorite high school teacher, she was a Delta, and I didn't really know what it meant um, other than that she was a Delta and she was she was dope. So when I went to NC State, um, the, the Deltas really kind of took me in, and not on you know on some we want you to pledge our sorority type thing. It was really just them kind of looking out for me, um, just as a human being. Um, I like what they were about, you know, about community service, philanthropy, um, you know, leadership on campus, things like that. And it really wasn't much about what I could get out of being in a sorority. It was just more, more about what I felt like I could add by being in a sorority or add to the sorority. So, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed my time. Like, 
and even postgraduate, you know, when I left NC State and I went to Atlanta for grad school, I was involved with the um, alumni chapter in Atlanta. And, you know, you really can't go too far without running into someone that's in your sorority. So, um, you know, that's one of the benefits of being a part of um, a sisterhood like that. Like you always have someone, you know, looking out for you. That's awesome. So I'm a big fan of college sports and, and the value of what college does for you in general. Um, so I know you say you changed majors uh, once you got to school. Uh, just talk about that process of kind of learning more about yourself and finding yourself and why that change happened in the, and, you know, obviously the benefits that came from that change. Yeah. So, you know, I, my parents didn't go to college. Um, you know, I was like one of the first in my family to go to college. So I didn't really have much, you know, to, um, you know, glean from, like I said, my, my perception of college was what I saw on TV and, you know, um, you know, what my teachers in high school told me. So, um, you know, but I knew I wanted to go. I knew that it was, you know, what I needed to do to get wherever I wanted to, wherever I felt like I was going. And I had no idea what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, to be quite honest with you. I knew what I was exposed to and that wasn't really, a lot. Like I had no idea that you could have a career in sports. Um, I had no idea of a lot of the different career paths you could take. Um, I only knew what what I was exposed to. So that was, you know, the general doctor, lawyer, teacher, those types of careers um, and, extent, uh, you know, a few extensions of that. And so, you know, going to college, that's kind of the opportunity where you can explore a lot. You can learn about yourself, um, learn about the world, learn about different cultures, learn about just so, so many things. And that's kind of what um, kind of took place. And, you know, I went through that, that uh, maturation process. So when I realized that I didn't want to be a veterinarian and it just wasn't for me, I just spent some time um, the second semester of my sophomore year just exploring different classes in different colleges. So I took business classes. I took classes in um, sports management. I took classes in uh, the College of Natural Resources, um, just trying to explore, you know, things that I had an interest in to see if it was something that I felt like I could do for the long term. So um, I really like the marketing classes. I like the business aspect um, of marketing. I like the creative part of marketing. And then I also like sports and the sports management classes. So I, I talked to my advisor. I talked to a few different professors, like, how can I blend these two worlds? And, you know, they told me, you know, go talk to the athletics department, talk to people there. And I met um, one of my mentors, um, Dr. Laquita Frederick. She's at Georgetown now. And she kind of uh, she gave me my first shot as, as an intern uh, with the women's basketball team at NC State. And that's really where I got to see, like, OK, this is like how you develop marketing plans. And this is the you know what happens you know behind the scenes and how this big production actually happens it's so much work that goes on behind it so that's kind of you know how how it played out for me and from there it was just i was like okay this is what i want to do this is what i want to be a part of well that's always good right because like i mean half of it is learning or finding out what you don't like what you don't like is just as well as you know finding out what you want and hell i still don't know what i want to be when i grow up so and it changes right and i think it's i think yes. it's so weird to ask teenagers or kids what do you want to be when you grow up they don't know they don't know what they have no idea what the world has in store for them and like i said like i mean what i want to what i'm doing now i, I still have things that i still want to do when i grow up right like i mean there's so many things so many things you can do in life i just you just do it all so um yeah i, I never and i don't even pressure kids now to figure it out you you have your whole life to figure out what you want to do just do do everything do everything that interests you Sure. And what I love about what you're, you're saying is uh, you keep mentioning the world. The world is huge. And I, I was having a conversation with somebody today like, yeah, we we, we, we got to live outside of this little community at some point if you're able uh -huh. to. Yes. Uh, the world is big. Um, talk about the importance of building relationships. As we all know, um, 
you know, sometimes in, in the sports world and, and I think probably every uh, kind of business venture is about people um, and mm-hmm. about relationships. So mm-hmm. talk about how important that is of building those relationships. I mean, it's, it's important. Everybody tells you, you know, it's, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And um, everybody tells you, you know, you got to network and I'm not the best networker. Like I, if you tell me to go to a networking, networking event, I don't like it, but I well, that's EJ. That boy is, <laughs> you know, the mayor of, mayor of that boy is, <laughs> he's special boy. He's special. Hold on, you, got you. you can't start talking. You just <laughs> don't let him get that in your head. Don't I already know it. I already he know. already know. Yeah, she already know. <laughs> Already right, no, listen. Before I came out here, and literally like four or five people told me you need to you need to hit up EJ. You need to talk to EJ. Yes, you need to yeah. meet EJ. I'm like, okay, one more person tells me about EJ, and I had already met EJ like years be- like before at like National Sports. So I'm already I was like, I already know who EJ is in Las Vegas. Anyway, so <laughs> but like but that but that's a talent, right? That's a gift. It is. Like, I'm it not I'm not gift. really good at small talk. Like I'm not. But I'll shoot at the breeze. So if, if it's if you don't call it networking, if you call it something else, then that's that. I mean, I'm all for it, but like just networking just for the sake of like, what do you do? Like, that's just not me. Like, I'd rather just build, <laughs> build a like build a relationship. Like, let's talk sports. Like, let's talk about something, and then if we bond from that, great. And if you need me later on down the line, great. If I need a favor from you, sure. But I don't, I don't really like the term networking. But it, it's important to develop relationships. It's important to know people. Um, so that you can, you know, te- like I can text EJ and say, hey, I-, I don't want anything for you from you. Just let you know that I'm here in-, in Las Vegas. You know, if you have something going on, just let me know, you know, and I'll take it from there. So, um, you know, the-, the job that I have now is from a relationship that I built, you know, when I was in Atlanta about 10 years ago. Um, you know, just having someone who, like I said, people say it's not about what you know, it's who you know, but it's also about who knows you. And who's going to speak your name, you know, in a room? Like I had no idea that she was talking about me or she was even thinking about me. But my name came up in a conversation and um, and that led to me having a conversation with the aces. And and that's why I'm here. So relationships are super important. And um, I don't I don't take them for granted. I just kind of I just kind of, you know, approach it differently. I'm I'm really not. I don't like to ask for favors. I don't like to ask people for things. So like I. If I, you know, if you need me, cool. If I, if I reach back out, cool. But yeah, it's, it's still important though. I'm the same. <laughs> uh huh. Well, I don't like to ask people for anything though. That's yeah. 100%. That's You're more of a connector. Yeah. Right? I'll, I'll, I'll extend, I'll give, 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 but I, I, that's my, pro- I don't ask for anything, which is, yeah. uh, been told, not a fault. It is a fault, whatever. But we're not talking about me. It's more back you. So let's switch it to, uh, this is part we like to call in the game and really just talk about your career, right? So, you know, the two main things I think I wanted to, me and MH probably want to talk about is just kind of your role with the Ravens. So you've kind of mentioned that. So how did that come about, right? Because, you know, you mentioned you shot your shot and got a job in New York. Um, you know, you've done some other things working with um, the DC, I want to say it's the DC Events Bureau, but you've done some other things. Mm-hmm. How did the Ravens come about? Honestly, I feel like it was just, opportunity you know coming at the right time i I applied just like everybody else does um on the website i honestly and that that was probably the 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 32nd team in the nfl that i had applied to to be honest (laughs) if you're on teamwork online i I was looking at it like a year ago and i had applied to over 100 jobs right i'm gonna apply but i don't know if they're gonna call me back but the ravens did um and um you know i got 
further along in the interview process. And I was like, oh, no, oh, shoot, this might be happening. And the Ravens weren't on my radar, you know, like okay. everybody has that team where they're like, oh, I wish I could work for the, you know, my dream team. And, and the Ravens weren't, they weren't my dream team. But I think what you realize quickly when you get in the industry, like it's really not about the team that you work for, it's about the work that you do. And um, mm. and that's probably and working for the mm. Ravens is probably the best thing that that could have happened for me. Like um, like I said, that that's a, it's a special organization. I learned so much. They pushed me out of my comfort zone in ways that I would have never um, you know done for myself. And all of that just kind of helped me really grow. So I owe a lot to them. So super generic question: Can you talk kind of more into detail as much as you want to share about some of the work that you did do with the Ravens during your time there? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's multifaceted. Uh, my, my position there was the re- director of advertising and branding. So um, that was, you know, dealing with the media plans and um, helping to support our ticket office and marketing all of our ticket offers and um, se- helping to sell season tickets, supporting our community relations department, um, pretty much exposing the general public to everything that the Ravens were doing on the, uh, the business side of things. So events and fan engagement opportunities and, um, and activities uh, and initiatives and things like that. Um, so, it, I mean, it, it kind of grew um, over the course of time that I was there. The, my responsibility became greater. Um, I led a, a huge branding, uh, rebranding project with the Ravens, managed our creative team, um, developed the campaigns for the season each year, uh, worked with our broadcast team on our commercials and things like that. So, I mean, it, it, it grew over the course of time. So I got a taste of a lot of different departments and yeah, um, yeah it was fun. It was a cool gig. Did you get to work with any of the athletes on like any kind of individual or did you have to kind of like when you're creating the campaign, did you think like who would fit this, you know, as far as putting someone in the front of those certain things? Yeah. I mean, somewhat. So working with the, um, I didn't work directly with the the um, players as it related to like trying to get them marketing opportunities or pushing them forward, so to speak. The Ravens have an approach, have a, a very team approach, um, so they don't really like to push any particular player forward more than another. I mean, obviously, you know, you have your star quarterback Lamar, um, who's going to naturally be the one that's um, you know at the helm of things. But we want to make sure that we were all also telling the stories of the other players. Um, because that's important. Like the Mark Lamar doesn't win a game by himself. Um, and we also like the Ravens. Um, if you know much about the Colts, when the when the Baltimore Colts were in town, and, and and I didn't know this until I joined the organization, but they were uh, very, you know, that blue collar feel. Like they were in the community. Like they had regular jobs. Like and football mm. was their second job. So they were like working. Um, oh, yeah, in town, so people saw them all the, the time. Paychecks the paychecks wasn't what they are right now. <laughs> exactly, right, right. You weren't, you weren't getting those deals. So, <laughs> so fans got used to the team being so much a part of the community and and, and things like that, and gotcha. they felt like they knew them, and that was something that really like carried on when the Ravens came to town, and that's something that they really try to um, reinforce now. So we tried to make sure that we were we spread the love, and we got you know we wanted fans to fall in love with the with the guys in the trenches. Like you should love our offensive linemen as much as you love, our, you know, the linebackers and things like that. And obviously personalities are going to come through more than others. Right. Um, but it was, it was important to tell the, the collective story. Um, so trying to, trying to balance that was, was, was very fun. Cause there were some years we had superstars that everybody loved. And there were some years where it was like, ah, <laughs> we don't really know this guy, but we're going to, we're going to try to figure out a way for you to love him anyway. So. <laughs> Gotcha. No, that's really important. I, I don't think uh, sometimes 
you know, to the to the novice fan, you know, football or anybody, any sports team is the players on the field or the coaches. I um, mean, I think we all know that the sports organizations are so much more in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes those players and coaches move around, but, the, you know, the, 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 the franchise, the team is uh, is ingrained in the community. Um, how important is that? Uh, you know, I guess in this case with the Ravens, uh, you, you're kind of building fans. You're building the fa- fan base kind of from scratch, um, mm-hmm. particularly in that in that area. So how important was your job and your team's job and efforts to kind of grow that natural fan base there um, different than what was going on with the you know, commanders or you know, the Redskins at the time? Uh, I mean, I came with, I mean, by the time I got to the Ravens, I mean, they're pretty ingrained in the, in the, um, in sure, the community. Yeah. Um, but they in a very unique position because they're considered a kind of a small market team, you know, Baltimore sandwiched between you got the commanders, um, you got the, you know, the Eagles to the North, uh, Pittsburgh to the North and, and, and the way the marketing territory is set up by the NFL, like you were kind of confined to Baltimore and a few other counties, um, um, in Maryland, with the exception of Prince George's County and Montgomery County, which are kind of like the two biggest counties in Maryland that you really want, but they the commanders own them. So anyway, so we really had to fight for every fan. Like we had to earn right. every fan, and they they really had a grass a very grassroots approach where it was we need to see, feel, touch our fans, be in the community. Like they weren't too good to be, uh, you know, at any event, um, and that's kind of what I took. I'm taking from the Ravens and kind of trying to implement with the Aces. Like the, the the whole idea of earning fans, um, and you know I don't I don't like the concept of sitting in an ivory tower because we're a sports franchise and you know we only come out when it benefits us. It's like no, like we really need to be a part of the community and we we need to be a part of you know um, the conversation around basketball in Las Vegas, like the high high school basketball scene. We need to be a part of that. We're the only professional basketball team in Las Vegas, so it would behoove us to be you know to lead the charge and. Um, anchoring basketball and helping to grow the game here in the market. So that's some of the things that I um, or some of the philosophies that I'm taking from the Ravens and trying to, um, you know, make sure that we do with the Aces. And it's a, it's a long game for sure. Like it's not like we're going to hit the ground running tomorrow because it's a lot of things we also have to do to play the game of basketball, um, you know, for the season. So, um, it, but it's like I said, it's a long game, but it's something that, that everybody in the organization is on board with. So it's um, we're excited to be a part of it. Well, you are here now. So now with the Las Vegas Aces, very excited to have you here in the town and all that you you will bring with it. What is one of the, I think, what are you most excited about, right? Like, because you're going from the Shield to the WNBA, right? That is in a, I would say, and MH and I talked about this, is in a prime spot, right? Like, you guys are in a dynamic spot where you guys can, you're pivoted to, like, rocket off right you know there's some there's some opportunities right now so what are some of the things that you know you're thinking about or you're looking forward to getting into this role yeah i think um this role will allow me to do purposeful work and i think it's beyond you know growing the game of basketball i think i look at basketball and the WNBA as kind of this platform for just for one change and just a platform for girls and women to just feel one and feel empowered um, you know, I have my own stories about how the WNBA helped me as a, you know, a little girl, you know, I, when the WNBA came to town in DC, like that was like, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like these women that look like me are balling out. And, um, I was, a, I was in love with Cheryl Swoops. That was my favorite player. So anytime she came to town, I was like, 
we got to go see Cheryl. My dad bought season tickets for the Mystics. So, you know, we were all in like that. And watching the 90s. We pause on that, right? Mm Because people don't understand how effective and how important that is, which is kind of why we have this show. Yeah. And we do it from a visual standpoint as well, because to see it is, is, is amazing. So thank you for yeah. sharing that part. Yeah, like I was, you know, playing basketball with the boys in, in the neighborhood. And, um, you know, after when that 96 Olympics, you know, 96 Olympics team, like won it all. And everybody saw Dawn Staley and Cheryl Swoops and Jennifer Azey and Lisa Leslie is just balling. Like that changed a lot of a lot of things in the neighborhood like it's like oh girls could play okay okay mm-hmm. so and then like they started wearing like buying short swoop shoes and things like that like it, it like being seeing that like with my own eyes seeing that change happen like that was that was impactful to me and i, I have the pleasure of working with jennifer az she works with the aces now and i tell her like every now and then like i don't think you understand your impact like i don't think she gets it like because she was she was in the moment. I was like, Jennifer, I don't think you get it. Like, you don't. So, yeah, I am fangirling a lot. But um, I don't forget the question. But <laughs> but, I, but but I see but I see basketball, um, especially for girls and women, as a platform for change. Um, you know, we saw how the WNBA led the, led the charge in 2020 as far as you know um, social justice is concerned and putting their livelihoods on the line and 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 being on the front the front lines of trying to um, use use sports as a platform to 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 spark conversations and to, you know, change the world, um, so to speak. So um, I'm excited to be a part of that. I'm excited. I, I look at the WNBA as, you know, they're still in this growth stage. And a lot of people think the growth stage is supposed to be like five years is instant. And it's not like, it's going to be some ups and downs. There's going to be some, you know, peaks and valleys. I, I always like to say, and um, it's going to take some time to get where we're trying to go. But, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not comparing our success to we're trying to get to where the NBA is. Like, that's not what we're trying to, like, that, no, that's not the bar, I don't think. Right. Um, success is just defined differently for all, for all leagues. And I'm just excited to be a part of it. Um, like you mentioned, the NFL, the juggernaut is king. Like, they, they got it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a machine at this point. Um, but it's obviously some, some good things to, to learn from the successful leagues. Um, it's from their failures and their, their successes. So I'm excited to be a part of the W. Yeah, you really mentioned, you, you touched on it, some of the icons that are uh, giving back to the game now as well. Um, the head coach here, Becky Hammond, was obviously a, one of the icons of the New York Liberty and uh, mm-hmm. Silver Stars as she kind of continued her basketball playing career and now in the coaching career. So how big is that uh, within the WNBA, some of the, the, the icons of the, the sport giving back to the game now and helping it continue to grow? I think that's super important because um, they can see like what it, it's helpful for them to be able to le- learn from somebody who was there in the trenches when this thing started and, you know, who can tell you like, this is all the things that we had to do to get, you know, fans and, you know, the, the time that we spent, you know, um, you know, just spending time with fans because we knew that that was important to grow the game I, and all the, the things that they learned, you know, what not to do as far as how to, you know, um, their career, as far as their career is concerned, even from financial mistakes and things like that, or things that they wish they would have done when they were players. I think that um, that's a learning opportunity for the current players. And I think that's important. And I think, you know, now the WNBA is old enough where you have those players who played, you know, um, initially, then they're able to come back and they're able to give back to the game in these capacities. And, you know, Becky Hammond, the coach, but there are several um, former WNBA players that are assistant coaches around the league and also in the front offices and, and and I think that's that's going to be super helpful for um, you know moving moving the W forward. 
So I, we're excited to have Becky. Um, you know, I don't want to. We're waiting for the Spurs to finish their season um, so she can, you know, get to get to town. But we're excited. <laughs> Super excited. Yeah, they'll, they'll be done in a couple weeks. Hey, 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 Rob, we wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, about ten games left. Yeah, them yeah. and my them and my Knicks, they're gonna be done pretty quickly. Here, so. Oh, the Knicks! <laughs> they had so much. The Knicks had so much promise early in the season. I'm right? telling you, I'm telling you, don't gas him. No batteries in his back. We did a whole yeah. episode on last season that the Knicks are back, and I was definitely premature. Definitely. <laughs> premature. Um, don't worry, they're coming back. I appreciate that. We 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 coming back. Next year, man, we gotta play next season anyway. Whether it's gonna be good or not, they, I mean, <laughs> we coming back next season. Still got the Zion dream. Maybe he's gonna come to the garden with you. Yeah, man. Maybe. We'll all right. So, all right. So I'm putting you on a hot seat a little bit. Uh-oh. All right. So, um, I think we don't often have. Uh, so MH and I do um, episodes called the locker room, and it's just me and him just talked about topics and you know a lot of times sometimes we're on the same accord sometimes we go back and forth and we did one on um a, a quarterback that's in the, the um in the division that you just once left right so being a vp of marketing how would you deal with or what what were some of the things that you would attempt to do if you were on the cleveland browns and you had a new quarterback coming in oh gee <laughs> <laughs> That is a loaded question. I have, I mean, that's a. That's tough, right? And I mean, because we need that female perspective too, right? Because sometimes like just hearing some of the stuff, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I would probably have some questions to be quite honest. Um, I, 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 I don't know how the Browns organization operates and how open they are to the feedback of their employees or how comfortable people are in speaking up, but I know, for the team that I left, um, I was comfortable speaking up and I felt like I could voice my opinion um, if there was a move that was made that I felt like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Right. Um, obviously, I don't think that move can be reversed, sure. but I think a conversation probably needs to be had with the women in the organization to see how you feel, how they feel about it. Um that's tough. That is that is a very weighted question, and I'm glad I don't have to deal with it. Um, <laughs> but it could happen. I mean, obviously, it could happen to any of the teams. So, I mean, it's something you really do have to prepare for. There's going to be – I mean, there's always decisions that are made at the top that you really – even if you voice your opinion, it's like, we're going to make this decision because it's the best decision for football, right? It's football, right? Right. And – I don't, that's tough. It's like, you could, you, you, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I get it. I would probably question, I would ask, I would ask like what their future plans are. Um, you know, I'm stumped. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm stumped. I, like I said, I'm, I'm stumped. That's why I haven't said anything about it because it's mm -hmm. like, I really don't even know. I don't know what I would do in that situation. Like, I'm and it's sorry. so many layers to it, right? It's like you, very you mentioned just a couple that I probably didn't even think of. So that's one of the reasons why you know I asked is because we we need that perspective, right? So th it needs to be that kind of conversation. So yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely I, a lot of definitely a lot of layers of that. It's a lot of layers, and unfortunately, there's probably some people who who are who do have the job of promoting, you know, promoting the game, and they have to promote said person as a result and they might not be comfortable with doing so morally speaking 
And that's a tough situation to be in. That I, I hope they're having conversations internally about how to handle that. Um, but yeah, you just stopped me, so <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. No, it's a it's a definitely tough question. And I just kind of wanted to put that out, you know, out to you, just kind of get, you know, just open that perspective, right? So yeah, I think it's easy to say, oh, the Browns are wrong for that decision and they um don't respect women um because of that decision. It's it's loaded. It's it's, it's loaded. It's the whole separation of art and art and and reality, right? Or art and work, right? Like what someone's doing on their home life versus what someone's doing in the office. So definitely, definitely a tough one. So spinning off of that, man, I'm gonna jump off of that. I just, Thank you. I, no, no, no. And, and like, you know, definitely uh, attempted to preempt you like that was a hot seat. Um, but, you know, we, we definitely want to make sure that we get um, because, you know, we're from only a male perspective, but just kind of going back into just work perspectives. So um, one of the things that um, my um, therapist, you know, counseling that I've had is that I don't do well is celebrate the wins. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to us about how or if you celebrate the wins and how important that is through your career or how do you go about doing that? I'm not that great about celebrating the wins either. Uh, or at least I, I didn't used to be. I'm trying my best also because my therapist too has told me that I need to <laughs> celebrate my wins um, in, in different words, but same, um, same theory. But um, I do think it's important, especially I mean, more, more, more so for your own personal sake. Like it, it's important to feel good about where you where you are and where you've come from. I don't right. think it's braggadocious. Um, I think that sometimes if you don't speak up and 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 show people what you've done, or even show the people who who matter what you've done, then sometimes you won't get to that next level. It's kind of like sitting and waiting for somebody to give you a raise. Sometimes you got to tell them, look, these are all the things that I've accomplished and this is why I deserve a raise. And they'll be like, oh, you know what? I didn't think about that. You know what? Maybe I should give you a raise. Um, like that happened to me. It was like, I, I was, I, I could sit there for years, like just, you know, waiting for somebody to notice what I've done. And then somebody finally told me, um, you know, I, I was seeking advice, like, you know, how do I get promoted? How do I, you know, get to the next level? And they were like, you need to write down everything that you've done um, you know, in the organization, all the value that you provided, present it in your performance evaluation and add, and put the value associated, that you think is associated with what you, um, you know, how you should be compensated and have a conversation. And, that, and it worked. Like it worked. I was like, oh, wow, that was, it it was that easy. Like, you right, there's to, a gym. Yep. There's a gym. Y'all catch that? <laughs> there was a gym to, that was just yeah. dropped. You Let's have to go. advocate for yourself for sure. And I don't think right. we do, especially women, I don't think we do a great job of, of doing that because I feel like it's just trying to balance humility and, um, you know, bragging about it. And I, I think sometimes you just have to. And if you don't, who else? Problem, you can't man. wait for somebody else to brag on you. <laughs> yeah, talk about, um, being being a woman and sometimes in the male dominated sphere, so to speak, in sports uh, and, and and speaking up for yourself, where did that develop um, throughout your career? I think it came with um, it came with age and it came with being just comfortable in what in my job um, and comfortable in in what I was doing. Like um, you know. A lot of that celebrating your wins also helps you to feel comfortable and confident in what you are capable of doing and um, feeling like, you know, you, you kind of got it under control. Um, but it, it wasn't always that way. Like it, a lot of people had to pour into me and kind of 
um, you know, reinforce and, and encourage me to um, that I did know what I was doing because the imposter syndrome can easily, you know, sneak in and you can feel like, oh, I don't belong here. Like, what am I doing here? They're going to find out that I'm a fraud. And you're like, why would they think you're a fraud when you have you you've gone to you you have these credentials you've worked x amount of years you have you've done these things um you know in your career like you have to just you know um own all of that so um imposter syndrome is real though it is it is um and the more that people who saw more in me than i saw in myself kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone and you know forced me to talk about things and forced me to you know you know, speak up and take leadership opportunities and lead projects, like the better I became at it. Um, and sometimes, and I don't feel like I'm overconfident sometimes, but sometimes I have to, what I'm learning now, like coming from the NFL to the W is like, in, in meeting situations with the, the NFL, like I had to be like, like they'll tell you, like, you got to be a pit bull, like as a woman, you have to be a pit bull. Mm. And like, now I'm trying to unlearn all of that. Like, I don't have to be a stoic in the meeting. I don't have to be like, this is it. And I'm, you know, overconfident, like, you know what I mean? Like I can relax a little bit. So it's battling like those identities and what you're being told on this side versus what you are being told on this side. And um, I'm honestly trying to just unlearn a lot of things. Get it. Definitely get it. So uh, MH, it's time for them quick hits. You ready? Uh, yes, sir. So Deandra, just kind of a few random questions, more kind of get to know you kind of things, kind of first thing that pops to your head. So First time, if ever, that you've been starstruck. Hmm, probably when I, uh, uh, shoot, it's gonna be quick, right? Um, I would say when I was, I don't know how old I was, but the WNBA All Star Game came to DC, and I um, got tickets to um, tickets to the game, and I stayed afterwards, and I saw Cheryl Swoop, and like I said, she was, she was it for me. So I was like, that's Cheryl. So. <laughs> If we building a kind of a soundtrack or album uh, on your career or on your life or who Deandra is, you know, what, give me the, you know, the first two, the intro, give me one of the single bangers on there and then give me a, a outro. What, what would those songs be? Just uh, song. One of the songs has to be uh, Motivation by T.I. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the song, but it's. Um, you can uh, sing it if you want. Go ahead and hit that note. Hit that, hit that note. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to sing. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, man. I'm going to just go with T.I. It's going to be three. It's going to be T.I. three times. What? No, no, I, no. no I Whitney in there? Well, Whitney's not, that's not really the soundtrack of my career. That's okay. life. If you want to talk about life, huh? sure. Yeah, motivation. We're not, we're not, we're not sneaking in uh thug motivation one on one or Jeezy in there. <laughs> well, I was about to say I'll sneak in. Uh, I'll put Nipsey in there. Um, okay. but I, I'm blanking on the name of the song. It's the one where he's like, "Almost forgot what I was doing. Almost forgot where I was going. What the hell have I been thinking? I forgot." Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Oh. Y'all need to get on it. Come on. Yeah, we're not talking about. Just wanted you to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put the uh, Whitney in there, but it, okay. I mean, it has nothing to do with my career, though. But. I got you. <laughs> uh, DC kind of icons, athlete-wise. If you had a top five, who would that be? The, any sport. Uh, um, any sport, DC icons. Um, <laughs> Shemeika <laughs> Holesclaw. Um, Shemeika Holesclaw. Like yeah. Um, 
because she wore she was like one of the first women to wear like these uh phone pauses and like everybody yeah. wore these phone pauses <laughs> in dc <laughs> like i i really remember that um yeah. uh shoot um i'm not good off the off the cuff i'm not good um dennis green um Mm, I don't even know. I'm trying to think yeah. of a Wizards player. <laughs> that, well, you, we're going to be thinking for a long time for a Wizards player. Stop it. Maybe somebody from D.C. I'm thinking of a basketball player. I'm not going to – this is yours. This is not mine. I'm just thinking – A basketball player from well, you D.C.? You say MJ if you want to say a Wizards player. No. That don't, that don't, that don't count. Those two years don't count. <laughs> Kwame Brown. Kwame. No, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that Kwame because he'll come back and oh yeah hey, he'll ride you. I'm talking about somebody away. from uh well I, I'm Lord, like K, no KD KD ain't he from DC? He's he from PG County. That don't right. count. That don't count. Yeah, not, I thought he, was, he, don't, wow. he don't claim DC like that. Don't he claim DC? He does, but you, he's from C. Oh, well, so I'm well, from I'm from actual DC. All right. So if you said from all right, sorry, KD. All right, I'm calling. Right, you know, list. It wasn't. It, it, he wasn't the first person that came to mind. Sorry, I like Ain't KD Mike, though. Ain't Mike Beasley from that area too? Or he's he's not from DC either. Yeah. No. Not. All right. Well. Okay. Sorry, both of them. Next question. It might be. I don't know, but I'm not. Uh, Next KD, question. I like KD though. <laughs> all right. Cool. Uh, let's 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 get to movies now. Um, you a comedy person, drama person? Which one? I like. Um, I'm a I'm a big romance person. Romantic okay. romantic comedies, but I really like. Um, I mean, I like all the black movies. So, Love right, Jones so, and The Wood so, and Robinson. yeah. So The Wood or Love and Basketball? Which one? This is Love and Basketball. Boy. Okay. <laughs> I'm good right there. That I'm movie good. was very transformative. It, it it came out at a very pivotal point in my in my childhood, in my teenage years. So it meant a lot to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll take it. I'm good. On, I'm good on that one. Yeah. Once you didn't say the wood, it was over. Wood, for you. I like the wood though. I can quote the wood word for word. I love the wood. But okay. if you ask me, either or. Either or, I did. I, I gotta go with Monica yeah. and Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's that's my starstruck moment. I always say this. I ran into the Austin Quincy McCall's dad. Yeah, and that's that's the only time I've been starstruck. The Allstate dude, really? the Allstate dude. You <laughs> starstruck over Allstate? <laughs> Why he do Quincy like that? Yeah, had that man <laughs> but, messed see, up. I don't I don't like the Allstate dude because he put he was in Waiting to Excel and he did Whitney wrong. So see, so, <laughs> <laughs> so and I wasn't a fan of him. <laughs> And right. he cheated on he cheated on Quincy's mom too. That's what I'm saying. He had Quincy messing all up, tore his ACL, <laughs> doing a two hand layup. He had that man terrible. Yeah. All right. I'm that just went off the rails. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And that was, yeah. Those were quick hits. So I'm sorry. I'm long with it. It's a long with it hit. <laughs> it's all good. So let's jump into the platform. And I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll weave back some stuff in there because I don't think the people understand it. How much of a Whitney fan you are, so um, oh <laughs> so that's why I asked the question. All right, but anyway, we're jumping into the winner circle. Um, the winner circle is just kind of your platform, and you know we always like to shine a light. That's what we do here in Black and Sports, and, and and let you promote what you're going on because we are more than just you know what we do. Um, so just kind of what's amazing is when I ask you what your platform was. Um, you know there was nothing directly that you were promoting currently. 
Um, but, you know, in the future, of course, there's many things that are on the way. Uh, but you really wanted to just talk about the support of women's sports. So, I mean, I applaud you on that. And that's that's amazing. So your quote or what you sent me was support women in the market. Check out games, tune in, show up. So how can we do that here in Las Vegas and how can people do that in other markets? What are some ways or what are some things that, you know, you, you, you want to see um, us and our listeners do? Like I said, show up to the games, watch the games. Don't get on Twitter talking about, oh, I wish they could dunk. Okay, they're not. So, <laughs> but they are the they, women. These are the best professional uh, basketball players in the world, and they play amazing basketball. So, go to LasVegasAces.com, check out our schedule, come to a game for sure. Um, you know, support season your. Tickets yeah. are on their way right now, right? Y'all are starting that season ticket campaign. Yes, it is currently um, in motion. So you can purchase season tickets later down the line. You can purchase single game tickets. So if you just want to catch a game or two, that's totally fine with us. Just come through um, and just see what the, these women are all about. Um, also support the local te- the local college teams. They need your support as well. Um, and again, just don't jump on social media trying to disparage athletes. Cause that's not that's not how we protect of, black women. Hey, speaking of local, I mean, our UNLV girls. Um just won there the the mountain west conference so um kind of marrying your nc state ladies our lady rebels are you know definitely holding it down in, in the basketball arena so you yep. know you need to know that we need to support that yep support that for sure um so yeah that's that's the only message i have I, like I, like i said i don't have anything that i am um currently doing as a passion project at the moment i'm sure i will have something coming up as soon as i you know get my wits about me and get my feet planted in vegas i plan to figure out you know, how I can contribute to the community. Um, and I'm sure EJ will tap me into those opportunities <laughs> <laughs> soon. But um, I can't wait. Like, I, I mean, I, 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 love, I feel like you, you have to be a good steward of the community that, you, that you're that you in um, and, you know, give as much as you take from it. So, um, yeah, soon I will be tapped in. So I need some advice, Andrew. So I, I am now a, a girl dad, uh, two years now. Yes. And I would love for my daughter uh, to be in sports if that's what she wanted to do, whether she wanted to compete or whether she wanted to be in the business. But advice for me, maybe some things that, you know, you mentioned your dad earlier that how he did to kind of uplift, uplift you and, uh, you know, push you to your passions. Uh, any advice, I, I, I will definitely welcome it. I would say just support her pursuits, um, even if it's not sports, even if she's into art, just support her. Um, help her nurture that the talent, help her find her talent, um, expose her to as much as possible and let her kind of find her, her way. Um, you know, don't you know, trivialize her, don't tell her, oh, that's for boys, that's for girls. Like just let her let her do her thing. Um, and, and that goes a long way. Like I said, I mean, I'm still, I'm in my thirties, still telling stories about how the support from my dad affected me to this day. Like that's super important. And it's um, important for her to see that from her, from her father. So um, just support her, just nurture her. Don't be that father in the stands, you know, being all loud. My dad never would say anything at my games, but afterwards he'd be like, now why didn't you hustle down the court? And I'm like, I don't need that right now. Like, <laughs> But, you know, he just wanted to see me when he wanted to see me do my best. So he supported everything. So just support, support, support. If she wanted to do ballet, go to her ballet practices with her. Like, show her that she has your support. That's that's super important. And congrats so, on being a girl, Dad. going to soften you up a little bit. <laughs> so, um, 
you did teach at Georgetown. Are you still looking to teach? Will you be teaching? And what led you into doing that? Yeah, I'm actually still teaching at Georgetown um, online. So um, I was teaching at Mount St. Mary's, which is a, a smaller school in Maryland. Um, I was teaching an undergrad course there. One of my mentors, uh, Dr. Frederick, she is the director um, of the grad graduate program at Georgetown currently. So she reached out and asked if I was interested in teaching. Um, so I told her, yes, yeah. so I've been doing that for a few years. So uh, still doing that. We'll see how it we'll see how it goes in the summertime because I did pick up a summer term. And we'll, we'll see how it goes, knowing that my season is right in the summer. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but um, I like doing it. Um, you know, I always have this. I think we everybody says that you know, be who you wish you you um you saw when you were young or something like that. Be who you needed when you were young, type thing. So I just want to you know be there to teach what I know and um you know provide some mentorship and some advice where I can to you know help build up the next generation of sports business professionals. So it's important to me. Do you think that's uh, you mentioned it? Uh, it was a question that I have randomly, but uh, this with the season being in the summer, do you think that's an advantage for you? Uh, and, and get into some of those uh, younger girls and younger boys to, to out to the games and um, opportunities for them to, to see the Aces play. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, it's it's working so far, so to mm -hmm. speak, um, because you know you don't you're not running against uh, you know the NBA season or NHL season or NFL season, so you kind of have that <clears throat> um, that summer. Um, but it, it also lends itself to a lot of distractions, you know. Um, People are vacationing, they're doing other things, but kids are also available. Uh, you know, the, the youth is a very strong market for the WNBA. Um, the W takes advantage of, all, you know, the camps and the basketball, um, the basketball camps across the country, the basketball tournaments. Those are big, big, big um, drivers for the W. So that's prime time for that. So I think I think that it is a great um, opportunity and time for the WNBA. Um, you could some people could probably argue like overexhausted with sports by that time, but um, I think it works. And um, yeah, it's been working so far. So. All right. So, uh, MH, any any last thing before we jump off? Good, brother. So this is what we like to call the assist. All right, where you get to drop some coaching gems. All right. So this is where we ask you to either share like um, words you live by, um, maybe a life philosophy or something you would tell your younger self. So just share. It could be a quote. It could be just a mantra, but uh, just uh, drop us, uh, us and the folks a uh, coaching gym. Um, I say all the time, like the motto that I usually live by is uh, do good anyway. Um, and that's it's it's a whole list of things that go under that. If you Google just do good anyway, all of these things will kind of pop up. And it's like, you know, no matter what the world is giving you, give your best anyway. You know, people will think that you're out for selfish, you're, you know, you're doing good things for selfish reasons. Do good anyway. So um, that's the model that I live by. I try to try to do, I try to do good in the world. I try to pe treat people well. Um, and I just try to just, you know, live the way that God wants me to live. So that's my motto. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right so um really quick um where can people get in touch with you um social media wise or or, or um you know what's the best way for people to connect uh twitter uh i pronounce it d dudes it's a nickname that i was given in grad school but it's d d u g g s uh and the number 11 that's on twitter and instagram so you can connect with me there awesome any final words mh no, sir. I'm all good, Andrew. Thank you very much for your time and all the jewels 
shout out to you. Congratulations again for the new gig and excited to see uh, what you do here in the city. Thank you guys. It's been an honor. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have uh, joined you guys tonight. Absolutely. Let's go. Well, we want to thank you. Um, we want to thank you, the people, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, as you know, we drop new shows every Thursday. So please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel because visual representation matters. And, you know, we are on every podcast situation. So whether it's Spotify, iHeart, Google, we're everywhere. So make sure you uh, check us out. And please stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming you're rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. 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 Shoot me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spat bouts, racks, on handmade new rags. Shoot me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back.